Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. It's Studio B. It is. And look, we got a little Beit Tehillah sign. That's our sponsor, yeah. <laughs> Beit Tehillah is our sponsor supported. this week. <laughs> yeah, our we're number su- one sponsor. supported by Beit Tehillah. <laughs> and thank you for that, Beit Tehillah. We really appreciate you for supporting us and sponsoring us week in and week out. Um, so wh- a couple of announcements coming up. We have Passover coming up in, like, what, two and a half weeks or so? In March. In March. Saturday night. So what, March. March 27th? I believe it's in the evening, yeah. I believe March 27th in the evening starts Passover. Nissan 14. Yep. And uh, yeah. before that, though, we have the Biblical New Year coming up. So you, whether you call that Nissan 1 or Abib 1 or Month 1 1... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's all kinds of different. Well, stuff the that first people month, call you know, they, it, the names that came from Babylon. Right, right. Well, Nissan, some of the names. Nissan's not a car. No, but what, so but Abib is in there as well, right? So there's the. I, the, I think so. That's, it is. that's interesting. Abib is in there. That's true. That's true. It but is. Yeah, the, the, as far as the names for the months, like Nissan and all that, it is also Rosh Chodesh after the Babylonian captivity. right because it's New Moon or the head of the month. Chodesh. Yeah, the biblical New Year. Rosh meaning biblical New Year. Head, Chodesh meaning. Uh, the month, right? That's right. So the head of the month, or Rosh Hashanah, because you know Rosh Hashanah, it, most people say is the seventh month on the first day, right? Beginning of um, the Feast of Trumpets, right? Uh, but that is the civil New Year. So That's this is right. Rosh Hashanah from a biblical standpoint, right. the spiritual New Year. Absolutely. So here's what's cool about the spiritual New Year versus I was listening to um, uh, uh, Lars Inarsen. So you know Lars and Arson. He's a yes. really cool guy. He's I get from his Sweden. Emails. Yep. He has a prayer ministry in Jerusalem. Right. Um, and uh, when you hear him speak, man, he is anointed, right? And so we were considering, we were thinking about how, like, you're born of water, right, from your mother, and then you're born again. Of the Spirit. Of the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. So think about this. We're born once, right? And then some other time we're born again. Yeah. Right. And there's a physical birth and then there's a spiritual birth, which we consider the rebirth at that point. That's right. Well, we look at the new year and you see that there's two new years on the calendar and everybody wonders, like, well, what's up with this? You know, these right. those Jews, you know, they come up with weird stuff. But then like one day you're starting to think about it. And you're like, man, they've had thirty five hundred years at least to think on these things. And so you have a physical new year, which right. is when Adam was created, they say, in that new year. Right which was Rosh Hashanah, right? Interesting. Feast of Trumpets. Yeah, in and the then, beginning. The beginning and then the months, yeah. you come around to Exodus, right. and you get your new year again. That's deep. And you get a spiritual new year where the Torah That's, is given. That is deep. Amen? All right. Pretty cool, right? Let's so, do it. You ready to get started? Oh, I've got a t- time constraint. <laughs> Tell them why we're on a time constraint. So today we have a double, it's portion. A double portion. That's yeah. right. Let's so we do have it. we have two Torah portions we're studying today. That's right. The first one is Vayachel, which is and he assembled. 
And that's the Torah portion found in Exodus, starting in chapter 35 and verse 1 and ending in 38 and verse 20. And then the next one picks up where the last one left off, Pekudei, which means reckonings. That's right. And this is where we end Exodus, starting in chapter 38 and verse 21 and ending in chapter 40 and verse 38. So let's check out Vayachal. We got 40 chapters here in the book of Exodus. It starts... Uh, with a groan, it ends in glory. And so that is very exciting. Uh, a key word is deliver. And of course, it is a book of remember, or, or I say a book of uh, redemption. Um, in Exodus 35, what would happen to anyone who violated the Sabbath? Anyone violating the Sabbath would be put to death. That's right, by stoning. So, wow, that's a, that's a tough road. Uh, so, that punishment is pretty severe, if you ask me. So, that's 52 weeks in the year. That if you didn't keep the Sabbath, you could be stoned. So the punishment is pretty severe. Now, if you don't keep the feast, the other feast, you're excommunicated or put outside the camp or out of the Commonwealth of Israel. So once again, you can see the severity of the punishment because it's, it's needed to, to d- be discussed there. And I think this is probably something to where it had to be some sort of an egregious violation of the Sabbath. I don't think it's, oh, you didn't say the prayers correctly on the Sabbath or something like that. I think this is something right. that... Um, you know, was a when somebody makes a bold move to basically poke God in the eye. Yeah, you know, I think it was a, a defamation issue. I, I think you know we have grace and mercy. I mean, we don't. We, we all have our own stone pile, I'm sure. But <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> that no, no. you know. But the principle of the Sabbath is still there. It's one of the commandments of God. And so, how has honoring the Sabbath day changed your life, Ryan? Real quickly here. I mean, but first, it is the sign of the Mosaic Covenant and allows me to slow down. So that's what I would say for me. So I will walk with God on this day. So it allows me to slow down. It's a day that is sanctified and set apart. It's like it's different than all the other days. But what, what, so what you, would you slow say? down. I mean, you're a fast talker and a fast walker. That's it, man. So yeah, so I really get to just be home and just chill out, have dinner. The lazy boy. Point. Yeah, and just chill out. Absolutely. Small children. I love, I love being home on Sabbath. That's the yeah. biggest thing. If I'm ever out or something happens, I feel like I got to get home. So you're across the street at the church or you're home on the Shabbat. Well, I'm not here, no, but I'm at home. Yeah, I'll You're be, here I'll, a lot. I'm, what are you talking about? You're here every Sabbath. I'm oh, here I, with you. That's true, but I'm <laughs> saying that, yeah, and I usually probably, you know, I'm here till like 3, yeah. 3.30 or something like that. Yeah, but you expire around then. And then I go straight home. Yeah, even when the people are hanging out, you're like, I'm out. I'm, I'm no, I hang out. I hang sometimes, out. Sometimes. I try to, but yeah. sometimes I got to, you know, do something. You got to do what you got to do. Let's do it. So I um, I enjoy the Sabbath. Um, you know, I... I was talking about it last night and how the Sabbath has changed my life in a lot of ways, but I think the revelation of the Sabbath um, comes by doing the Sabbath. You know, God talks about the commandments many times, and he says you'll keep them, and then he adds this other part, and do them. And I think that the revelation comes with the doing, and as much as I would love to give somebody some flowery explanation to why the Sabbath is important, they'll never, ever understand it from my testimony until they actually do it. And um, I can kind of, you know, make that story real by just expressing that, you know, I'm very, I say intellectual, I'm very um, cerebral. And so I want to see things like, where's that in the Bible? Show me that. Let's see Analytical? Analytical. You know, I I, I, let scripture interpret scripture. Show me this. You know, I'm going through Paul's letters. I'm like, look, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. I think I love that about the Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Well, that's like, ooh. But, you know, Jesus is our Sabbath rest, right? The Sabbath, you know, is not done away with because Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And now we're in a constant state of Sabbath because of of him, right? And so not that that's not true, but that doesn't mean that the Sabbath is not from Friday night to Saturday night. And it doesn't mean that God didn't say, hey, work six days. That's right. Give me one. There's a whole other commentary on the Sabbath that we could just go into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is so much. So, so I was over at the Postpacal's house when I first started, you know, coming to Beit Tehillah, learning about the Hebrew roots and things like that. 
and I was I was ready to have a debate. I was like, look, I'm reading these things in Paul's letters. I'm confused. Maybe you guys have the answer. And you know, no one at the table had the intellectual answer that would satisfy me, mainly because there is no intellectual answer that would have satisfied me at that moment, right? Right. That's just where I was. Absolutely. But Eddie Attili said to me, and I remember it like it was yesterday, right? He's sitting there, and, uh, and he just looks at me, and he says, Ryan, you're either going to do it, and it's going to bear fruit, or it's not. That's true. And so what intellectual that's answer? Like, hey, you're going to do this or you're not? Oh, he's like, try it. You might like it. And, then, <laughs> and that, that's, that's a good point. And then we did, and here I am. Awesome. <laughs> so it is what that's it is. That's great. Yeah. So we go into uh, Exodus 35, continuing on uh, verses 4 through 19, the building materials. Did God want the people to give from a willing heart? Yes. Think about it, everybody. A willing heart. This is what set me free as we move through this Torah portion. Uh, the Lord reminded me that everyone has a free will. So everyone has their own ideology, their own belief system. Oh, yeah. Some love to go to church, some don't, whatever. But the bottom line is that it set me free that, hey, people have a free will. Respect it. Honor it. Yeah. Because otherwise it's manipulation, sorcery, peer pressure. And, and nobody wants to have to experience that. Like, you know, and, and that's the thing that I wanted to share. But, but a willing heart is so important, you know. Uh, and, of course, what was the offering for? The offering was for the work of the tabernacle. It was for the work of the tabernacle. So, so once again, God is trying to to create a place that the people can be united around, and that yeah. it would be the focus. Yeah, it would be the focus. Uh, I mean, even now, you know, we, yeah, we are the temple of God and everything, but but buildings are important to, to come together, practice your faith. I think it's extremely important. You know, just like moving the embassy from. Uh, you know, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem for the United States of America yeah. is a big deal. You know, that's moving a residence or a, an office space, a, a, a an embassy to a, a building. I mean, just from a logistics standpoint, it makes sense. Hey, by the way, the government seat for Israel is in Jerusalem. Right. You're an ambassador. Right. Why aren't that's you there? That's true. You ain't got far to go. So uh, this is this is very interesting. Uh, what did the rulers bring for their offering? But onyx stones and the stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spice and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense, which is really cool. So the leaders brought all these things, which is kind of like a higher standard. You know, they're like bringing some really good offerings yeah. that were like next level. You know, like when you're a leader, you should bring even better than a lay person, you know. Yeah. You should always bring your Family best. jewels. You know, physically, spiritually, whatever. But uh, it goes on uh, to say in Exodus thirty-five twenty-nine, Ryan, if you could read that. Yeah, it says, The children uh, of Israel on. brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. So here we have the word willing twice and then the heart. You know, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Wherever, wherever your, your treasure, treasure is, is, there your heart will be that's also. That's where your heart is. Yeah, you know. So what do you treasure? Yeah. And I think we got to be, be mindful of, even though people are acting the way they're acting in the times in which we live, that... People are a treasure. People are valued. People are made in the image of God. The Homo sapien race is is a, you know very important and a treasure uh, on this earth with all the people that are even here. Uh, what is it? Eight billion people now or something? Wow. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so why do some people serve with a willing heart and others do not serve at all? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, I think that um, you know everybody's given a measure of the Holy Spirit, and I think everybody is in a different place in their walk. Right. And I want to give grace and mercy to to everyone for where they're at. But you know, just like you know, the Torah, I look at the Torah as loving instructions from a good father, right? Good good parents instruct their children, right? 
And the best case scenario is that there comes a point where your children do what they're supposed to do without you having to tell them, right? Yeah. That's that time when parents are like over the moon and they're like, what can I do to bless this yeah, child? So that was a good job. How do I bless this child? That was so, a good job. That's good. So God does not want to have to come and beg people to serve him or do things for him. Right. He That's wants true. people That's to true. come of their own volition, That's of their true. own you know, desire to come and serve him. And so some people serve with that willing heart, and some could say because God has put it on and their heart. And you can heart. tell a difference, too. But other you got to beg somebody to do something. That's I think kind they, of a bummer, you know? Right. They have the revelation, right? They just There's something in their mind and in their heart that has clicked, and they've said, look, God said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And so they've got that in their mind, they've got it in their heart, and now their yeah. actions are you know, showing it. If, if we look at Philippians 2.5... I want to read a few verses here because let's take servant to a whole nother level with God. So if God is the example, we should follow it. Uh, amen. So if we can emulate his servanthood, because it says here, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yeah. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a, ma- a name which is above every name. The, the greatest name of God, the name of all names, is salvation. So that's the greatest attribute of God. So, so think about this, right? God takes on human flesh, becomes a servant. Why can't we serve, Ryan? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, I mean I'm just, here, here's the deal. It's great to come to the place where you can serve no matter what, right? Because it's like, well, they've mistreated me. Serve them. You know, when you get in a mess or you have problems, I've learned to serve my way out of it. Just start serving. You know, when you feel down, you know, reach out to somebody, you know, uh, yeah. all these things that are happening. But anyway, I thought that was excellent just when I think about it. And Yeshua washed their feet. I mean, this is incredible, right? That's the time to serve. You know, I don't know if you know this, but America is uh, service-oriented. Yeah. They provide more services oh, yeah. than any other Service nations. economy. Service economy. So let's, let's just keep moving on because this is where it gets to be very interesting, where God's going to call on people that's going to have a willing heart that has a gift, and it's going to use it for God. Well, and I'll There's tell you There's two what. people. So about serving. And I think that sometimes everyone thinks about Jesus and they think he's a hippie running around, you know, and he's so nice and he's just so gentle really and it's all about love either. and yeah. grace. And mer- you and I don't think that because no. we read the Bible, right. but that's, you know, he's not from California. a whole other issue. Yeah. He didn't go up to Oregon and Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go upstate, no, I don't think he did. Yeah. But my point is, you know, I'm reading Mark to the kids one chapter a night right now. And you read in Mark, right? And then you have, um, you know, James and John, you know, and they're vying, hey, can I sit on your left hand and I yeah. sit on your right hand? And so what does oh, yeah. that do? It aggravates all the rest of the disciples. They all right. hear it. And they're all, now they're all bickering. Yeah. Who's going to be the greatest? Yeah. And so what does Jesus say? He says to them, look, those of you that want to be the first, you're yeah. going to have to be servant of everyone because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's good. That's a good word. And so it's Jesus' example that That's shows right. us if we want to be like him, then we need to be serving. That's good. And why would we serve? Because we love. I love that. Yeah. Now, now, two people that really learned to serve and that were, were uh, anointed were Basileel, the son of Uri, uh, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. His name means under God's shadow. Uh, Aholiab is the son of Ahasamech of the tribe of Dan. His name means father's tent. So I made the little joke. He likes camping. 
But to be in the <laughs> tent means you're like studying Torah, academia, you know, learning God's ways. That's what the tent represents there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are two gentlemen, uh, Bezalel, Aholiab, and we'll get into it later, what they actually did. But I'm going to turn it over to Ryan here as we move along here, because we are really... We're cruising. We're cruising. So, so We're let's cruising. check out uh, Exodus 36, verses 1 through 7. More than enough given for the tabernacle. Take it, Ryan. All right. So did Moses give a commandment to all the people not to bring any more materials to build the tabernacle because they had received all they needed? Yes. Yeah, man. That's talk about they, There's the pattern. There's what's needed. Boom. Done. Yeah. I mean. Awesome. I don't Excellent. know of any pastor that's going to say, oh, you know what? Stop giving. Well, you can't build any more buildings. That's a great, uh, that's a great plan, though. It is. It's a, it's a budget. It is, absolutely. You know? So what was made after the curtains and the coverings? Well, we have the boards for the tabernacle of Sheaton wood and, of course, uh, standing up. Boards for the tabernacle of Sheaton wood standing up. Uh, just to go back quickly here, uh, just a quick testimony of Beit Tehillah. Uh, through the building fund, we were able to pay for the state-of-the-art sound and lighting and property development and the parking lot. So we didn't have to add that to the loan. So it kept our loan Smaller. The eight hundred thousand, eight hundred fifty thousand dollars for the building and the land. Got rolled into it, one, got it. Refinanced the land into the building. And so we were able to put down like even two hundred thousand dollars for sound and lighting for the for the vision. And then of course even more for the parking lot property development that we didn't have right. to extend that loan. That's cool. So that's that's good. So we have the boards for the tablet and boards always symbolize wood always symbolizes humanity. So here's Boards are a picture of humanity, wood. And yeah. what you should be nailed to a piece of wood. Yeah. You know, the, the, standing a up. Carpenter. Well, and then the next thing was the 40 sockets of silver. Silver uh, means redemption. They went under the board. So, right. the board so there's the board, there's it, humanity, yeah. and there's redemption. Yep. I'd say it's brilliant. Yeah. And what is this going to create, Ryan, but a boundary? Boundaries. Yeah, it's so true. You, you can't invade people's space. You know, hey, don't touch me. You know, not everyone wants to be touched. Don't Especially touch me, bro. now. The CDC doesn't approve of that. Yeah, no. Masks and stay away. Yeah, it used to be fist bumps. Now it's like elbows, right? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's what the sales lady did <laughs> at Haverty's. <laughs> Give me a bump. I'm like, you got it. Yeah. I feel like I'm a chicken or something. Is that official company you policy Chicken now? wing, yeah. chicken wing bump. So uh, with what were the boards and the bars overlaid? Gold. Wow. Wow. Divinity. Yeah, this is an expensive Gold, place. Gold, boards, silver, yeah. sockets. Donald Trump ain't got nothing on That's this place. That's three. That's like like the Godhead or something. What? Three. Gold, doesn't gold wood, represent? silver, ah, divinity. Yeah, there you go. Wood is humanity. And Silver's redemption. redemption. Yeah. And it's, notice it's touching the ground. Uh, redemption. Sockets of silver. Boy, that's some good stuff, man. Yeah. God's got a reason for everything. We're discovering They just it. want to go out and build a tabernacle. It's not that big. Isn't there like a replica somewhere nearby? There's yeah, Tarpon Springs. Tarpon Springs. We need to probably go Maybe do, do a like flash a little, mob for yeah. the tabernacle. <laughs> this would be a good time to do it too. <laughs> so uh, it says in Exodus chapter thirty six, verse thirty five, it says, And he made a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen with cherubims, made he it of cunning work. And when it's he oh my gosh. who is this who made it? This is a holy up, right? Well, yeah, he made a veil, so I guess they're getting into uh, some tapestry there, I, I would guess so. And you know, the color blue is, is symbolizes heaven, purple's royalty, and scarlet is redemption. And with cherubims is, is actually the curtain right. or the veil before the Holy of Holies. Right. So, you know, I, I want to remind everyone, because for the sake of time, but Satan is the anointed cherub. So cherub is a type of angel. Right. Then you have seraphim. So you're getting all this cool stuff, you know. And yeah. so... 
That's in Ezekiel 28, 14. Uh, notice that there are cherubs in Ezekiel's temple too uh, on the tapestry as well. In Ezekiel chapter 41, verses 18 through 20, and then verse 25. So cherubs play an important role. And last but not least, uh, cherubims guarded the east entrance to the Garden of Eden. So cherubs are, they're like guardian angels. They're, they're, they're bad dudes, you know. They're not some little puffy fat angel floating around with these little wings. No, cherubs are like, they're like the IDF of And God. so it's interesting because... They're like protectors. And, and oh, by the way, two cherubs on the mercy arc. seat. Yeah, the mercy seat. So he loves cherubs. He and does. Then, and then one betrayed him. Satan betrayed him. Yeah. So you have um, the east entrance to the Garden of Eden, and the entrance to the tabernacle is the east entrance, and the entrance to the temple is on the east. Good point. So it's... And, and you know what's interesting one is way that... In, I don't know how out. many miles it is exactly, but if you go far... If you go to the east, it's Babylon which is confusion and chaos. So right. when you're kicked out of the garden from the east, you have to come back from the east. Huh. So we're coming out of chaos and confusion and all the other like, like we did when we came to know the Lord. And then the Lord brings order because he wants a people for his name's sake. You're right. So because of our free will, we get to choose these things, Ryan, because he's revealed them. So now he's watching us like a mouse in a cage or fish in an aquarium. He's watching us and he delights when we come to him willingly. Right. We're not forced. So uh, there were pillars in front of the Holy of Holies. And so yes. uh, in front of the Holy of Holies, there was how many pillars? Four. There's four. And so then outside of the Holy of Holies at the regular right. holy place, yeah. <laughs> how right. many pillars were there? Yeah, four represents the world. Right. Four represents the world. But how many pillars were outside of the whole, the regular holy place oh, where the lampstand oh, stood? Yeah, that's that's ex exposed to the elements, but that was uh, five. So there's five on the outside of the holy place, and then right. to get to the holy of holies, you had four. That's right. Got so it. four is the world, like north, east, south, and west. But then when you go, there's five pillars facing the outer court. Gotcha. And the cherubs were actually on the inside. Right, in on the, the veil of the holy, the holy of holies. holies yeah. yeah, you're right. So the number in order. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the things that Bezalel made. These are the, let's bring him up. These are the um, the furniture pieces that he made, and I'm gonna tell you them in order as they were given uh, in the scriptures from Exodus 37 verse one to chapter 38 and verse 22. So the first one was the ark, the ark of the covenant. The second was the mercy seat with the cherubs that sits on top of the ark of the covenant. Number three was the table of showbread. That's the one that has the two borders around it. That's right. And then uh, all the vessels that were used with the table of showbread, or I guess all the vessels were, that were used with everything. Uh, number five is the lampstand, the menorah, the seven-branch menorah um, that they used. Number six was the uh, altar of incense. And this is uh, the altar of incense that we talked about, I think, two weeks ago. And this is actually an order of Exodus 37, verses 1 through 9, yeah. Right. So it's right down the line. <laughs> and then uh, number seven was the holy anointing oil. And the anointing oil was used for anointing. I believe it was also used in the menorah. Yes. And then number eight was the altar. And this is going to be the altar uh, of burnt offerings. Of burnt offerings. The Not brazen, the altar of incense. Yeah. The, the brazen, brazen altar. altar. Yeah. And then number nine, the final one being the laver. Oh, yeah. Which was used to wash your hands and your feet before right. entering the holy place and uh, represents the washing with the water of the word. That's Amen. good. It is good. So what was collected from the women to help make the laver? Well, it was the looking glasses of the women. So the women had mirrors made out of copper, apparently. Yeah. That was smoothed out. Represents judgment. So they could see themselves. Yeah. The so court. they used those right. to make it. So what they say is that you would come up to this laver filled with water and that right. you could see yourself through the laver. That's right. And, of course, the washing of the water by the word 
in Ephesians 5.26. So it represents the Bible, the washing of the water, the word. And then, of course, in James 1, verses 23 and 24, there's this uh, image that we should see ourselves from, from the word, yeah. to have an image of what we should look like I mean, or even be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Wow. So there you go. That's Let, why I Let's Akel. just get right, right right into Pekude. Let's just jump right in there because I mm-hmm. think if we want to share some thoughts afterwards, we can. Yeah, absolutely. But Pekude is, of course, Exodus 38, 21 through uh, chapter 40 and verse 38. To the end of Exodus. This is the sum of the tabernacle. And the sum of Exodus. Let's do it. All right. So uh, chapter 38 and verse 23 says this. It says, And with him was Aholiab, son of Ahissamach, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver, and a cunning workman, and an embroiderer, in blue and in purple and in scarlet and fine linen. And so here's wow. the question. Bezalel and Aholiab used their gifts to help build the tabernacle. How are you using your your gifts and talents in the kingdom of God today? Wow. I mean, I think that's a good question for all of us. Like, how are you using your gifts and talents? Well, I would you know what? S- yeah, Send me an email. Good. Tell me how you're using Ryan at Tupraise.net. How are you using... There are using spiritual tests you can take. Yeah, but I'm, I want to know what you're, what are you doing? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Um, I want to hear how you're serving the Lord. What is it that you're doing? What are the things that you're doing? Uh, you guys are listening to this. What are you doing to, to build and, the kingdom? And yeah, and just once again, we can go into the fivefold ministry. We can also go into the spiritual gifts found in, uh, you know, when you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, uh, once you have the Holy Spirit revealed to you, Yeshua, then you can, of course, develop those spiritual gifts that are found. There's nine of them. We won't get into all of it, but you can check it out for yourself. But it's not just important to come together, but it's to bring your gifts and work together, unity and purpose. Yeah. The UAP. Yeah. No, I agree. So spiritual gifts and all of that. And so, um, you know, that's what I'm saying. And, and of course, we got to remember temperaments, too. You know, some people like to be behind the scenes. Yes. Some people can be, you know, good, you know, presenters sure or public speaking or whatever but the bottom line is that everyone can have a part yeah there's something for everyone yeah i mean he made 12 tribes so there's got to be plenty of opportunities for yeah, that i agree i agree i um i think that uh matthew six thirty three, right we already mentioned this uh seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you everything you want is on the other side of serving the kingdom of god period end of story you know, everything you've ever wanted. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. That's right. That's a powerful, powerful verse. It That's is. everything. It is. That is everything. It is. That in uh, John 15, right, where Jesus tells them that I'm the vine and you are the branches. And apart from me, you, you can, can do, do nothing. nothing, right? Wow. And so the idea is to have an abiding relationship with Yeshua, that you're in communion with him. And then from that relationship flows all the fruit. Because if he's not the vine... How are you going to bear fruit, right? I would say if you stop and look at all these prophecies that there's nothing going to happen without a willing heart. So if you're willing to go the distance with the Lord and go as far as he wants to take you, then he's going to open up all these doors. Yeah. But if we are limited and judgmental and narrow-minded, we're never going to see the full picture of how we can move towards these other opportunities outside of our fellowship, you know. Yeah. It's time to leave the castle. Time to leave the castle. All right, so moving on, what three precious metals were used in the construction of the tabernacle? We have gold, silver, and brass. And we know gold represents divinity. Uh, silver is redemption, and brass is judgment. You know, there's a, there's a lot of talk and conversation about, you know, socialism. <laughs> versus capitalism yeah. and democracies versus theocracies and all these other things. Right. But the bottom line is that if you stop and look at this, these three metals, because uh, three is divine of the Lord, you know, there's three different offerings. The upper class could offer up a bull 
the yeah. middle class, a lamb, yeah. a goat. Uh, and then, of course, you know that you have, of course, uh, then birds and flour for the, for the poor, the yeah. lower class. So you actually have three classes of people, even in the sacrificial system. So I think what's happening now is the, the middle class are being pinched and hurt yeah. because of socialism. You know, uh, even in America, they're trying to push socialism. It sounds good. Hey, let's all have health insurance, let's this and that. But at the end of the day, right, you're working and somebody else isn't. Right. But they're going to get the same rewards. Well, you know what I mean? So it, it, we can get into all that, but it's not it, just socialism about that. It's, does not it's work. It's immoral. Look what happened in South America. Right. Well, it's not, it's not about the effects. Ask people about it. I think it's more about the it, how immoral it is because I think what happens just from a basic standpoint, people want to say that capitalism is evil, but capitalism is, you know, you get the fruit of your labor. I think that's a very biblical concept, right? And then it's upon you... To, because God gives us all free will to give from your heart with a willing heart. Amen? Right. So, so that's pretty cool. So, and, you know, there's three. There's three uh, compartments: outer court, inner court, holy of holies. Three levels to the ark. First place, second place, and third place on the podium. I'm telling you, gold, three silver, divine, and bronze. Three, three, three generations: sons and daughters prophesying, young men having visions, old men dreaming dreams. That's right. Three is divine of the Lord. That's right. Let's do it. So let's keep going. How many men gave a half shekel who were 20 years old and upward? 603,550, Ryan. This is unbelievable. That's a lot of people. I don't even know how Moses did this. He's got to be the ultimate leader in the Bible as an example for what he accomplished and what he had to do. Yeah. With that many people on the move. How I mean, many people do you think David had? Did we have a census from David? I mean, he got in trouble for doing a census, but yeah, do we know the numbers? No, um, not, not necessarily. I don't think we know the numbers. No, but I don't think it was... As many as this. You sure? Because I, I mean, don't think had, so. I mean, you got to think know. that they had generations that had grown from there. I don't know. That's a good point. You know, but like I said, so you're looking at all the males that are 20 and up. What about the children and the wives? Yeah. yeah. We talked about this. You know, it would be like all of Hillsborough County getting up and going north. There's like, what, 22 cities in Hillsborough County? That's right. Two million people? Or is yeah. it 1.5 or Some, 2 million people? Well, 1.5 in Tampa. Well, let's just say million. conservatively that, 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 let's just say two. Yeah. Picture that, everybody. If you want to know what would the Exodus be like, it is so cataclysmic, so eye-opening and earth-shattering that that you know two million people left Egypt. Now, that's insane. Listen to this. I want you all to think about this. Underneath Israel in Egypt is controlled by the, uh, I would say, by the military, General Sisi. Yeah. And so, so uh, they're they're not at odds with Egypt or anything. No, you know? not yet. <laughs> no, no, they're not. But I'm just saying that Egypt has 90 million people, Ryan. 90 million. So I want you to just figure it out. There's 90 million people in Egypt. That's a lot of people. It is. Yeah. I mean, if you just think about that. And so once again, this is a very important part. You know, if you even wanted to minister to somebody that didn't believe in God or was an atheist, ask them, how come the Arabs can't beat Israel? With just sheer numbers, right? Why why can't the the surrounding countries take Israel? Just Egypt alone. If they just wanted to just take it, have you ever wondered why they can't? Because there's a God, yeah, protecting Amen. Israel. Amen. And prophecies are coming to pass. Yeah, the, the, and the, we're being drawn into those prophecies. Well, you know, the one that stands over Israel does not slumber or sleep, and, and the devil doesn't sleep either. Wow, well, you know, think what I'm about saying. that one. You know what I'm saying? You're no. not going to find him on the couch. No, no, I guess no. not. All right, so moving on to chapter 39 of Exodus, the making of the priest's clothes. That's right, designer clothing. It wasn't Pierre Cardin or... Uh, This was uh, Yahweh. 
Yeah. The Hashem wear. Yeah, Hashem wear, yes. So did God require the priesthood to wear special clothing? Oh, he sure did. And, and the linen is cotton. It allows you to breathe. But yeah. boy, you got to iron every day. Oh, yeah. Cotton is just wrinkly. Yeah, well, I bought some really nice shirts, and I, I look at them; they're just wrinkled on a hook. It depends. If they flatten it like linen, like I think this is this is pure cotton linen. Interesting. It was difficult to, to iron, you know. Oh, you know, it was, or maybe it might be linen, whatever that actually is. Yeah, like, and I'll tell you, it's like funny how we, we talk about different things, like Egyptian cotton. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So the more thread count, the better it is. You yeah. Know? Ooh, that's what I was. I was looking for thread count. Oh. So like a thousand is like really good. It's more yeah, expensive, yeah, but it's yeah. softer and better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the Giza Dream Sheets by the MyPillow guy, Mike Lindell? Yeah, I need yeah. to check that out maybe. Yeah. What do you think? Did They're you not, purchase them? I have not purchased them. I have some MyPillows. Um, yeah, I've had, I got my pillow. yeah. You know, I was thinking, uh, you know, this guy's a good Christian guy with, yeah. a, with an amazing testimony. And right. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to buy some pillows. And I bought some pillows. Out of spite, yeah, I know. Not even out of spite. Just I just I felt like you know what the, this the the Twitter giants and all these guys the tech giants they're all attacking them they're not letting him advertise <laughs> and stuff like this I would never spend that kind of money on a on a pillow but I'm like this guy's no, got they, a good they testimony. got them on sale at Bed Bath and Beyond yeah I get it they're like twenty bucks right thirty bucks no it's a forty more. bucks but it, yeah, it's I like mean, forty bucks you're right yeah I I had it for a while then I gave it to my wife yeah and then I think my son got it uh, it went down the line my pillow for the you whole you can family. get more I know I want Tempur Pedic <laughs> for my neck. And then, uh, but then again, they have the Giza Dream Sheets. And, uh, Interesting. I'm, Giza. I'm, I'm interested in what trying. What is Giza? Isn't that a place? Giza is a city. It's where the pyramids it's, are. That's what I'm it's thinking. It's Egyptian cotton. So you were talking about Egyptian cotton. That's why I'm bringing up See, Giza. Now you Giza, want me, I'm going to go check this out after we do this podcast. Yeah, so I need some new sheets. Go to MyPillow.com, and then they have every gotcha. color you can imagine, every size you oh, can imagine. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Giza Dream Sheets. And then they have uh, pillow cases, right? Matching pillow Endorsed cases. Endorsed by the Joseph the Dreamer. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I wonder if they should make like a Joseph set, which is like the multicolored one. And then let me just tell you, the Hebrew roots would have these on their bed. Remember, and then like twenty years from now, we'll be like, I remember when we all wore the Joseph Dream sheets. <laughs> we got to move on. Wow, oh, we went man. south quick. Yeah, we did. Right, this is good stuff, everybody. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah. Listen, we're 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 studying God. Yeah. This is God's heart. He loves that. He does. We're talking about what he his pattern. That's right. He loves that. That's right. Maybe we could call, get Mike Lindell to sponsor the podcast. You Mike know? Lindell. Like, who knows who we're going to run into in the future? You never know. He'll bring us before kings you, and queens. That's right. So uh, <laughs> next question. How many rows of stones were on the breastplate? There's four. So remember, there's 12 stones so total. four rows of three. Four rows, and then how many stones were, were three? So four and three. Got it. Got now, it. supposedly, Satan had stones. He had jewels. Yeah, but he was one row short. I think he was nine with gold plating. So yeah. gold could be considered 10 as a jewel or whatever. Uh, maybe not. But, maybe not. But I think he was nine. Yeah, because the, even the ephod yeah. was gold. Yeah. So so anyway, um, yeah, so there's the breastplate. I mean, those are the stones. Now, we don't know what the order is for each tribe. But, you know, the Urim and Thummim was kept inside underneath to, to, right. to bring forth answers, you know, yes or no. No maybe uh, dice in there. But um, that's what we have there. We have this cl- special clothing, special breastplate. Which is on the heart, yeah. on the chest, you know. So, man, how cool would that be to be able to get, like, a light-up answer from God, to have the Ermin and Thummim, to, like, have a question and be like— It's mysterious, even what, now, what you is, know, what when you look you back. Think? Now, you can look at, back at signs and wonders when Yeshua died and different things, like, you know, 
the scarlet thread didn't turn white and some interesting things that happened in the temple. Or the after, white thread didn't turn scarlet. Or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, there's, there were some miraculous things or signs and wonders that, that happened. were happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, like, like the earthquake that took place and darkness, you know, and then the firstborn dies. So all this is symbolic of even even in the last days. You know, it's if you if you look at the weather patterns in the Bible when God was moving, there was thunder and lightning and this and that, and you know all these signs and wonders. It's interesting that uh, we're seeing it today in the weather patterns. We sure are. You know, and I don't know about you, but here's the thing. You know, I, I would say change. I would say climate change. I, I mean, we could say global warming, but here's the thing that got me with the global warming, and this is just my take on it. Just one thing: if a glacier is huge and big, and they have pictures before and after. And there's less glacier. To me, that's global warming. Huh. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know how you decipher that. Yeah. Well, that's just nature. Well, I'm just saying that. It could gla- be nature. If the glacier isn't as big as it used to be, yeah. then you can prove global warming, that there's less glacier. I'm just saying. Yeah. And, I, and I watch Rick Steves Europe, and he goes to all these ski towns and things. And he says, look, here's a before picture of the glacier, and here's after. And people are like, you know, a mile in. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, and that's well. And that's I mean, I'm thing. just saying. I know everybody. Wants, you know, what's argue over all this stuff? <laughs> well, the climate is definitely changing. I think. I don't. I don't think we as humans. I think we've done Earth a disservice. I think we have less impact on it than we may want to think that we do. Right. But I think that it's important that we're stewards of our Absolutely. environment. You don't take motor oil and just dump it in the ground. No, no, no. You know, no, 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 no. well, why? Well, what's the big? Well, that goes. And it ruins crops. Well, this is a gift given the, to us but, by but God. But it can go in the aquifer. It can, yeah. See, so things can seep from the earth into the aquifer and then cause cancer. Yeah, because here in Florida, we have an aquifer coated with limestone, which is where we get our water source from. It's like a, basically an underground ocean right. underneath Florida. But, you know, the interesting thing is I heard that Flo- the state of Florida has the worst drinking water in, in, the, in the nation. I don't buy that for a second. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I just look into it or whatever's going on. But yeah. I, I don't know. I understand. I, think Mich- I just tested my water for I- lead. Yeah, I, I passed. I think there's a uh, a city in Michigan <laughs> that you can like light oh, it on fire. Listen, listen let's not. Go there. <laughs> I think they have the worst water in the country. All um, right, let's do it. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm in the middle. You're of doing it. good. I'm doing the middle. We're of past it. the breastplate. We are. All right. Oh, so. oh, real quickly, those tribes. Yes. There's twelve. Yes. And just to reiterate that there's a Chinese zodiac, which is kind of interesting. And yeah. So they have twelve different animals or things. Yeah. Symbolic of each month. Yeah, there's so, also like the Roman and Greek horoscope. Which well, is yeah, but, but what I'm saying is that if you, yeah, like, like, and, and so what's your birthstone? Like May is emerald, yeah, I believe. But anyway, it's funny how all this is a counterfeit to the real twelve tribes and the, the literal understanding of that part of it, twelve right. months. But I think it's interesting that just like in the Chinese zodiac, we're coming out of the year of the rat, which is about right. To the year of the ox, and and even you'll see a gift card at PF Chang's. I saw the year of the ox and and Starbucks gift card. So it's it's in our culture. Yeah. Oh, you know what's what symbol you? My wife and I are lambs or sheep, which is interesting. Yeah. But because you look at that, because you're in the restaurant and you see the Chinese zodiac on the you know the little piece of paper and you put your food on it. Yeah. It's a little like a. I remember those placemats. Yeah. It's like a little. I don't know. What do you call that? I was born in the year of the tiger. See, whoa, I'm not messing with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is all part of our culture. It's okay to study humanities and different cultures, but just something to think about. Twelve tribes will yeah. be again. Well, and and as I mentioned, the the horoscope, right? You have the, the twelve um, you know, symbols or whatever for the horoscopes that they created uh, from the stars or whatever. Right. But what was interesting about the Hebrew calendars, the Hebrew calendar lines up with the, the beginning of the season, right? So you get to the change from, from winter to spring, and that's right. where the new year begins. We begin a new year on the Gregorian calendar in the middle of the winter. 
it just makes like hardly any sense why January 1st is the new year when the new year really should be um, closer to And March. that's Gregorian. There's solar and there's lunar. Well, even on a solar calendar, right, right. you would probably start it Interesting. at a change of a season. It's the, it's the what's it called, the uh, equinox. Right. All right, right, what do you got for me? What's, what's number Spring seven? Equinox. Did you do number seven? Not what yet. It says here in uh, talked about it. Exodus thirty nine fourteen, And the stones were according to the names of the children of Israel, 12 according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, every one with his name according to the 12 tribes. Now, here in Studio B, you can't see it, but all around the room we have the banners of the 12 tribes. And they're gorgeous. They were uh, created, these tapestries, by That's right. Linda Carter. And Absolutely. I'm sure she had some help along oh, the yeah. way. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff, man. I actually hung, cool. I hung the Levi banner with Bill. Me and Bill hung the Levi banner. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, oh, we Levi. we believe in the family of God, right? That's good. And we believe in the regathering. And it's a standard. It's right. a banner. It's a standard. Right. We believe in the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And in this room, represented by these 12 banners, these Woo-hoo. 12 tribes. And so, you know, we don't necessarily believe like, hey, I'm... Benjamin, or well, I guess Benjamin, we would believe, but um, there's hey, north and southern. Yeah, I'm, I'm Nephtali. It's a fry in Judah. It's right. the nations coming back. Right, they're grafted in, and then it's the natural branches, Judah. Right, yeah, right, natural branches and the the other. You're either Jewish or you're not, but you can still be part of the house of Israel. I resemble that. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's keep going. What were the two things that could be found on the hem of the robe of the high priest? Bells and pomegranates, which is interesting. You know, yeah. pomegranates is a fruit yep. known in Israel. Yep. Is it one of the seven species or no? It is. Wow, it is. Okay. It is. But, and of course, it's an antioxidant. You know, you drink pomegranate juice. I think I warned everybody, be careful, don't drink too much. Yeah. <laughs> it, could, it could cause a reaction. Yeah. Um, bells and pomegranates. Now, uh, it's public record and through archaeological evidence and diggings, I do believe they found some little pomegranates. They did. They found at least one. I know that. Yeah. So they found mm-hmm. this little pomegranate. It was like a bell. Yeah. Or a bell and a pomegranate. Yeah. The, They're the, different. Bells and pomegranate. So it's bell, pomegranate, bell. And around. where they found it near the Temple Mount, it would have been, you know, part of the priest's yeah, garment. That's that's amazing. That's and you amazing. could look at, you look up pomegranate, you know, found in Israel. Yeah. And you'll see you'll see it. It's little mm-hmm. it looks just like a pomegranate. It does. Somebody had to design that metal. Imagine that person. Now uh, listen to this one. I think I might know who that was. Aholiab? I want to encourage you that, that are listening or watching this real quickly here. I want to just share something. We always wonder, what are we going to do in heaven? What, what, what is there to do? What are we going to do? We have eternal life. That's a good question. Yeah, we're we going to sit on a cloud with a harp? We're going to be with the Lord forever. Right, forever. Think about it. Aholiab, we can actually sit down and talk with him. What'd you do? He could make Tell us like name it. tags. Maybe he's got a craft class. <laughs> No, you laugh, but I'm telling you, Ryan, yeah. all these things that we're going to get to do in, yeah. in his glory. Right. You know, he'll say, hey, Nick, you want to help build a tabernacle over here? You want to help this? You want to do that? Yeah. That'd be the coolest thing. It would be. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, um, I would like to have a Torah class with Moses. Oh. Wow. Today, Moses will be our guest speaker. What? The subject matter is the Torah. How about Yeshua? Is the Torah relevant for today? <laughs> well, he's going to be busy too. But I'm just saying uh, that. I don't think so. No, I'm saying Yeshua's <laughs> going to be busy. I'm telling uh, you, with all of us. If he's busy, then I'm busy. I'm going to be helping him. We are so off track right now, Ryan. <laughs> it's a shame. But I do ponder these things. Tell me about it. Because I know there's something better than this, this physical yeah. world that's just pulling us down. Yeah. 
you know, all the disappointments and the hurts and the tears and the frustration, there's got to be something better than yeah. this coming. Yeah. There, there has to be. Yeah. What does it say? Revelation 21. Joy comes in the morning. Morning's it here. It does, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Morning as in when the sun comes up, not yeah. morning as in right. yeah. no. <laughs> when you're I'm morning. I'm done the morning of the night. I'm yeah, done. yeah. I'm done the night. All right, let's keep going. Number nine, what was engraved upon the crown of pure gold that the high priest wore? Holiness to the Lord. Boy, wow. what a what a title. Yeah. Boy, you got to really bring your A game walking around the streets with that on your head. <laughs> I would say so. Would you even survive TMZ? Well, people I'll tell you, magazine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, that's, that's one of the things that I think, one of the things I think that people in my generation fear about being openly Christian is the expectations that are put on you by other people. Right. Because you represent God. You really do. Right. And so many people have done such a poor job of representing Yeshua and representing that's, that's true. His, his name. That's true. That you don't want to add to that, right? But I think that the best part is to get yourself filled with the Holy Spirit and make good decisions, right? You know, that's good, Ryan. I mean, think about this, though. We are ambassadors of Christ. We go out there. We say we're Christians or whatever. Second Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, for Christ, yeah, for him. Yes. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Reconciled. So so when people say, gosh, you're, you're a nice guy, and this and that, and you're pleasant, and because I'm, I'm Christ's, well, and, I'm a Christian. And I'm, I'm as Christians, Christ. I'm a little, I'm a representative. We become ministers of reconciliation. Right. So then what we're, our job as Christians, as little Christ, as followers of Yeshua, is to help be a bridge to bring people to that's Christ. Right. And that's our job. So what did Moses do for the children of Israel when they made and brought the tabernacle furnishings to him? He blessed them. He did. He gave them a blessing. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. One of the 10 things of the seed of Abraham that God promised Abraham is that to be blessed. And that you'll be a Because blessing. you're Abraham yeah. and you're a descendant right. of Abraham, you are blessed. I'm Abraham's seed. I mean, even the Arabs can receive that. Amen. They're blessed yep. because of Ishmael, because Ishmael comes from Abraham. Right. So to be blessed means that you're blessed. Of course, it's the seed, not seeds. Yeah. So, so, so how, important, technical there. how important is it to bless one another? I think it's very important. Um, you know, if you say to somebody, you know, you're such a blessing. No, stop. You know, <laughs> I mean, really, if you think about it and you look at it, you're like, you know, you're not a pain in the neck. You're, yeah. a, you're a blessing. Pain in the neck. Now, people can have differences in things, but when you look at somebody, do you, do you look at them as a blessing or just a problem? Yeah. Just a troublemaker. Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, like, oh, here she comes or here he comes, you yeah. know. But if you're positive, you know, I think you get more done. I think I people are drawn more to positivity than negativity. Yeah. Negativity really doesn't doesn't do any good. Everybody's like, oh, boo. And, and then, oh, then you leave all bummed out and, yeah, that government and... And then you storm the Capitol for what? Yeah, come you on. committed treason. Because you're stupid, yeah. Because you don't even know the Constitution. Yeah. So you think there's fraud in the voting and all that. And then all of a sudden you want to storm the Capitol. And that's treason. That's against the Constitution. Yeah. This is what's so funny. Yeah. So there's an injustice and you commit an injustice. Yeah. So an evil for an evil. Yeah. You know? No, absolutely. And look, I'm just saying. Um, I want to be a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Now, I'll tell you what. What's interesting is uh, Jesus says that they'll know you are my disciples because of your love for one another. Wow. And so 
you know, the the light in us should recognize the light in other believers. Amen. We should see the Holy Spirit and be attracted to that. And then we should want to be a blessing to other believers. And so here's what happens to me. And this is this is, you know, me confessing. It's my experience in business that uh, letting people know that I'm a believer or that we're fellow believers, you know, in business. You I can feel identify like it, with that. I feel like it changes the expectations. You don't wait for the other person to identify themselves way. as a Christian or whatever? Or how, how do you do it? What do you do? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that uh, I have a, a, a an emotional stigma about it, right? Almost like doing business with Christians is not a good thing. You know what I mean? Um, or doing business with people that are openly Christian, right? You know, yeah. is, is not a good thing. And not because it's not a good thing. Because intellectually and in my heart... I feel like Christians and believers should do business with one another. Absolutely. And they should bless one Always another. Always put the Christian first. Right? But here's what happens. If you can. Here's what happens. And this, I think, is not necessarily just Christian to Christian. I think this is family members doing business together and friends doing business together. What is it that everybody wants? Everybody wants a discount. Everybody wants something for free. So instead of seeing your fellow Christian and seeing that they've gone into business and they're selling something or doing something and saying, man... How can I help them? I gotta, I'm got. i going to buy that product anyways. Let me go and buy it from them for full price. But that's not what we do. We expect some sort of a discount from those people, right? And so it's this thing where Christians end up like cutting each other off at the knees instead of really going to bless one Supporting. another and support one you another. You know, the Jewish people are good at this, Ryan. They are. They support their families, businesses. their brothers and businesses. Yes. They support it 100%. Absolutely. And, and when they do that, then they benefit, then they're successful. Right. But if it's a dog-eat-dog world, you know, right. and it's every man for himself in that regard, it's not a good thing because what happens is, you know, it's just, it's just a, a brutal rivalry. Right. So I guess my point is this. Uh, when we're doing business with our fellow believers, it should be our goal as a consumer to pay full price and bless our brothers and sisters. Right. And it should be our goal as the person who is uh, selling or in business to do everything we can to bless our brothers well, and I sisters would say this, however though, we can. I, it really has worked for me, go, purchasing furniture or different things. I said, can you really try to work me out a great deal? Yeah. If I'm going to purchase five twin mattresses, yeah. the covers, and the bunky board yeah. right for underneath, what's the best you could do for me in that purchase? Yeah. And so... Yeah, that's I saved, like bulk discount. That's I, normal. Yeah, but I'm just saying that I did. I saved. I saved quite a bit, Ryan. That's good. I really did, because I asked. Right. I could have. I don't paid think there's price, anything wrong with that. But I think it just comes to the point is you know you can work things out with people. Yeah. No, I agree with that. That's different. Bulk discount is a whole other story. Then. Right. Hey. But even when I'm I I'm your family member, bed, can I have that for no, free? No. I said, listen. I said to myself, <laughs> if I purchase this bed, what what else could you possibly do for me that Ooh, you could throw in? Yeah. So she said, okay, if you buy a pillow, the bonus package, I'll give you one. Oh, buy one get one. So I that, like that. I asked. Yeah. There you go. Because I'm learning. Yeah, you are. Because what can people do? Why wouldn't they want to do that? Yeah. Agreed. I mean, if it's sales, a sales. I'll give you another example. If I find a salesman and I like them and I go through and they're nice to me and they help me, they're accommodating, they're really helpful, I keep them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a real quick testimony, you know, I went by the store and, and the woman's name was Eva. Ah, nice. Real sweet lady, real nice lady. And so she walked me through and we talked. So that is I take my wife back to the store, but I didn't know she was working. So we went ahead and made the purchase. Ah. But here's the deal. She said that if I bought it from somebody else, she would have to split it. So why not wait to yeah, give her the full credit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give her the full, yeah. What do you call it? Commission. Give Give her the full commission. Yeah. See, that's all about integrity. Yep. Like it's kind of selfish to say I'm not going to wait another day to get it through her. Right. And so I kind of was asking about that, and then one of them said to me, "Well, sometimes they don't 
split it. They'll keep it. Yeah, they don't say anything. Not, not that it was Swan Eva, but I'm yeah, saying they'll change your name to Nicholas or something. Plummerberg. Anyway, I don't know, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, it could be cutthroat. Yeah, it could be dirty and dark. Oh yeah, listen, I've been in sales for a long time, and I can I can attest to the cutthroatness. All right. Salespeople cutting other salespeople's throats. Moving on up to setting up the tabernacle, Wait, chapter 40. This is it. This is it. All right, this here we go. Chapter 40. When was the tabernacle commanded by the Lord to be set up? On the first day of the first month. Ryan, we are doing this Torah portion. And we're coming up on Rosh Kadesh. And we're coming up on the biblical New Year yeah. this weekend. Rosh Hashanah. When people listen to this, the new biblical New Year is coming on Sunday. We need to to really admire that and, and, and appreciate that. And so on the first day of the first month with his Nissan, uh, what did they do with the anointing oil? They anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it. Wow. They anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it. Once again, to anoint something means to set it apart. Yeah. So I like to have guests here and I like to anoint them, and set them apart and just let them know that, like that, that. that that's what we did for them. What did they do first with Aaron and his sons at the door of the tabernacle? They washed them with water. So that makes sense. Wow, they washed them with water. Yeah, so they bathed them. Right, that's really that's really good. Once again, you know, it's like a mikvah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was the anointing of Aaron and his sons to allow them an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations? Absolutely. Just a reminder, it's very, very important that you understand the times we're living in. Yeah. Here's the deal. The priests were to teach the Torah. Yes. So when you had a problem, you went to the priest. Yeah. So because of all the problems in, in Catholicism with the popes and the cardinals and you know, the, the, the pedophiles, the charges that are made against the priesthood, it, it gives the church a black eye. Mm -hmm. So instead of going to the priesthood now, people will go to the medicine cabinet and get drugs, alcohol, drugs, alcohol, pills, and they won't treat themselves in a, in a right manner. Yeah. But like me being a pastor, you know, I'm, I'm like a priest, so I'm here to serve and help people. If they have a problem or they need help and instructions or they have a circumstance, that's what my job is. But look what the enemy's done. Right. With the televangelists and the big airplanes and the multiple houses and yachts and things, you know. Right. And so it, it gives the clergy a, a, a black eye. But once again, you know, this is an everlasting uh, uh, principle for this particular priesthood, you know. And we can see that even in Malachi, he talks about it, that they were to teach the Torah to the people and everything. And it's funny how he's bringing it all back. Yeah. That's why I think the Jews are so excited for us as Gentiles that we love the Torah, the teachings and instructions. So what did Moses place inside the ark? The testimony. He put the testimony in there. You know, I, I reminded everybody that the ark is actually the throne of God. So if you had to create an empire, a kingdom, if you had to have civilization, uh, you need three things for a civilization to be successful. Even with from the leadership down, uh, you need the testimony, which is the teachings and instructions, which is the constitution right. of the kingdom. Well, the rules of the road. The rules and, and the standard and everything. You need manna, which is provision right. for your resources. kingdom. Resources. And yeah. then the rod represents leadership. Ah. So when you put those three together, it's very interesting that even today, you'll see prosperity, you'll see manna, but we're seeing a vacuum of a constitution and leadership. So so it's... There's like excess. There's like uh So it's pleasures. the standard... Right. The leadership and provision and the provision. Yeah, that, that's a good word. I like it. Uh, and so what parts of the body did Moses, Aaron and his sons wash after putting water in the labor? We talked about their this. hands and feet. So they okay. washed their hands and feet before going into the holy place. And who finished the work of setting up the tabernacle? Moses. This is like where Moses? you have the, the ceremony where they have like a ribbon cutting where, or, or somebody puts the last piece in. How about the bottle against the boat? Yeah, something like Psh, that. The christening. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to just share this with all of you listening. 
whoever gets the vision has to work the hardest. Oh yeah, it's so true. Moses worked his. You butt can't off. be lazy. Yeah, you you got to be bringing it. You got to really bring it and get those people around you. You're only good as the people you surround yourself with. So what filled the tabernacle? Uh, the glory of the Lord. I mean, think about it. This is great. Think about it. So they followed the pattern. They followed the instructions. And God showed up. Yeah. Just like here at Beit God shows up. Yeah. Because we know the pattern. We know what we want to do. And there might be some people that are indifferent, but that's what we do. So it says here, uh, I'm going to let Ryan finish it up in uh, number 19. Yeah, it says here for uh, in, in Exodus 40, chapter 38. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and the fire was on it by night, and in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So here's the question. As the Father continues to build our community, what do you love most about Beit Tehillah? I would say for me personally as the pastor, you know, not the founder or, or anything like that, but I would say that uh, I get to practice my faith fully here 100%. Yeah. I mean, I love some things more than others, but I love everything that we offer here. I like everything. Yeah. I like the Torah. I like the arts. I like dancing. I like the worship. I like Sabbath being at church on Saturday. Um, I love the feast days. I love the Oneggs when we have a meal together. Yeah. So, so um, that's that's what I would say. That's what I love about Beit Tehillah. It's personable. It's real. We're very loving, caring. We care about people. We love strangers. Yeah. So, so I would say that Ryan, that I get to practice my faith fully here. Uh, like it to lift up holy hands. You know, uh, I even got a maraca that I get to play. <laughs> So, yeah. That's the Sephardic in you. I don't know. I'm not really Sephardic, though. I mean, I know you're not, but. No, I'm more Ashkenazi. For sure. But I love Sephardics. Yeah. I would be more Sephardic, for sure. That's why I do the Morocco for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. See? That's that's, That's what it's for, You know, it's about about community. I I love Beit Tehillah um, for a myriad of different reasons, but mostly because of the community. Um, You know, we were people were passing the microphone around last night at Torah study. We were talking about what everybody loves about Beit Tehillah and every single thing that everybody mentioned. I that's, I was like, yes, yes. I love that about Beit Tehillah. That's great about Beit Tehillah. And it's good to hear what everybody thinks and what they, what they think. Well, and what's important to them. Yeah. What what they prioritize. I like that though. You know, it is so cool because you're not going to come back if there's nothing for you. Correct. And, and you know, I, I make the jokes because I do, I love the people. I think there's such a variety here. You know, we talk about the 31 flavors at Baskin Robbins, you know, Beit Tehillah, we have all 31 flavors. That's right. Um, that if we were cereal, you know, we'd have the fruits, the flakes, and the nuts. That's right. You know, um, but I, you know, I wouldn't change it because it's just people come from so many different backgrounds and so many different denominations. But what do we have in common? One day we were all reading the Bible and we were like, hey, That's right. what, what, wait a second. I never saw that before. Why aren't we doing that? Or or what's this That's about? That's true. You know, or hey, I want to do that. Or hey, I want to do that. Exactly. Want, but you're not Jewish. Right, right, right. I don't know. I still want to do it. So God plants a seed inside of us, and then right. it grows through the water of the word because we read it, and then what happens? We end up planting ourselves at Beit Tehillah, and then we can flourish here because that's, that's what, right. what binds us and what keeps that's us right. in common. And so you know, somebody mentioned about, you know, I don't come here and people want to change me, right? Right. People say, don't be like us, be like Jesus. And, and boy, isn't that the truth. We really don't necessarily want to have some stick in the mud. You know, I was watching a, uh, a service online the other day, not online, on uh, the TV, the, the Christian channel was on or whatever, and everybody was buttoned up with their ties, and it was all like, golly, gosh, gosh, you know, we're just a perfect Christian family, and look at here with my husband, my wife and my kids. I mean, just, it was so, like, Pleasantville, 
you know, that it was like a stereotype of like, I don't it, know. It's I, like too clean. I imagine like a Lutheran Like we church. don't edit our podcast, really, we don't. Yeah, no. So this is it. What you see is we what you get. We probably should edit. We don't. <laughs> eh. I mean, you know what I mean? Maybe too I mean, much work. <laughs> I mean, I, I use my conscience and I think about, can I live with that? As that goes out, can I live with yeah. that? And I would say, I can live with that. Well, and, and look, there was nothing wrong with what I saw. It was super right. professionally done. Fiddle. But it was just very Truman Show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. it was all ready to button like up. It's a and, studio. Yes. Very studio. And yeah. and I, I don't know. I was just... I saw that and I was like, man, that's what people think that are not in the, that's what they think, right? Of us. And so you come here and it's much more raw, yeah, which I like. It is. Um, but there's a standard here at Bait to Heal and everybody knows the standard. And what's cool is the standard was not set arbitrarily by you or me or the people right. here in leadership. That's good. It was set by the word of God. That's it. And we don't even enforce that standard. We expect that people will self-enforce right. because that's the idea of the tour, right? That's you good. get it into you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to teach it and we're going to take it and we're going to be like this. We're going to take it and we're going to give it to you, sprinkle it on you, you know, give you a little right. bit of that. Yeah. And then if you get enough of the water or the word on you, you're going to get clean. That's you it. You know, because and it's life. It's through. So how do you want to live your life? You yeah. know, I would say this, though, if I ever had to start doing a series of teachings or this is the thing that I would like to tell everyone. Yeah. This is my thought on it. And, and I don't need any more thoughts on this, because if you stick to the pattern, you get the glory of God. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But I would say this, though, you know, um, basically. We just have to do it. Live, yeah. live our life. Yeah. You know, just, just it's a reality. The, actually, what I wanted to say is, you know, I would say that there's a better way. Yes. So when people come to me about their life and what they think and their ideology, I say, have you ever thought about this paradigm yeah. or this particular way of doing it? Yeah. And there's a better way. So if you think, wow, I've been doing this for all these years, well, hey, there's a better way. There's a better and way. And he's going to continue to clean us up, Ryan. Yeah. Even when we get into the land, it says, I will clean you with water and everything. Yeah. So there's this continuation of, uh, of a cleansing, of a cleaning up, of improving. And then, of course, uh, also, you know, uh, to experience our faith in a deeper, greater way. Yeah. Because, you know, we're good at what we do now in our faith. Yeah. But can we really believe that we can have a Beit Tehillah Israel? I believe. And worship and practice our faith over there like we do here, I believe. Yeah. It's going to be outstanding. It's going to be incredible. But think about the challenges that we're going to have as Christians to do that over there yeah. with persecution and there's, there's terrorism and different things that are happening and different factions of people. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, man, if, if and that's leading us right to, I would give anything to go over there and just sit on a rock and play my guitar. Oh. It's time. A guitar like that guitar? Yeah, just like that. You know, so I think we need to close it out. With that, and then we'll do our little saying at the end of a book. I'll let you do that, and then together we'll we'll close this out. Well, you know what's cool about this is this guitar is a tailor. Did you know that? I believe this is a very good quality guitar, and I believe somebody acquired this recently. Yeah, so we're gonna sing a nagoon, right? Liddy da di da da di da 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 di da di da di da ho ho, 
And I could go on with that forever, but that was outstanding. You know what's cool? That's a, that was inspired a Jewish tradition that they have songs that don't have words. It's called a nigun, right? And it just yeah. it speaks more to your yeah your neshama, right? Yeah. Your spirit. And uh, that was a, a, actually a number by Aton Katz. That's right. You can check it out, Aton Katz, Shlomo Katz. That's right. Uh, Orthodox Jews that you know that are in Israel, they're brothers. Yeah. But uh, check out if you like some Jewish music, we recommend Aton Katz, yeah. E I T A N, and Shlomo Katz. They're both brothers. Excellent, excellent uh, musicians. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you guys, All right, let's we're, do it. We're gonna, we're gonna say. Let's close it out. Hazak, hazak, vanish, hazik. Be strong, be strong, and may we be strengthened. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, we love you guys. Uh, bless you. Get into the word. Let the word get into you, and have a great week.